Life is an adventure. Fun, occasionally difficult, eye-opening, and definitely full of tales. Tests, adventures, lessons, entertainment, and successes. Tales that connect us to our feelings and to other people also on their journey. Welcome to Curzology, a podcast for connection. Ology because it's sort of a study. Curz because it's through my eyes. I'm Chris Kurzer, actor, husband, and multi-hyphenated storyteller, here to share my special guests and our tales with you. Anything and everything is fair game, so let's connect. Curzology is in session. Okay, so yeah, so I try to make guests feel special here, right? And mm-hmm. um, we've changed backgrounds and all that sort of stuff. But today I dressed for Corey, um, which is a big thing. He knows. I mean, I'm always comfortable. I'm always chill. Uh, there's days I look homeless. There's days I can dress up. But I, <laughs> <laughs> so for my guest today, I have his favorite color on. I still have a hat. I mean, that's just always been my thing. But the hat matches my shirt. So I'm not going to give away any more secrets to him as to what I'm wearing and and that sort of thing. He'll know because it's his favorite color. But for all you out there, that's why I'm dressed as I am. And uh, yeah, and and here to welcome my next guest. Uh, I have known this person for the shortest amount of time uh, from most of the guests that I have on the podcast. However, we quickly, in my opinion, became close not only co-workers but friends mm-hmm. um he is a very wonderful human being very warm and welcoming very patient especially with me uh with some of the things that we'll get into i'm sure with working together but please welcome mr Corey sams to the show yay, yay. yes yes mr. <laughs> Corey, Corey. <laughs> oh wow been? i have been great first thank you for wearing my favorite color i'm so excited to see it i'm gonna like brush to watch it now so that way I can see what you're wearing I'm like oh my gosh I love I love that um but yeah everything's been been cool you know just uh out here in the world trying to navigate the best I can you know with job hunting and all that good stuff so all the all the things all the things uh, yeah which I'm sure is a lot uh that don't know Mr. Corey Sams uh Georgia born and raised Mm mm-hmm um and living the life in the arts and and professional um entertainment realm productions uh for for a lot of his life um i feel like that let's let's talk about that just a little bit because i Mm -hmm. feel like that's a whole separate episode and this episode's gonna kind of go a different way but uh tell us about your experience so far with working we met on on working on the show will trent um we're not sponsored by anybody no uh, big companies that uh, produce that show talk to us or give us money. So, um, but that's where we met. Mm-hmm. And what else? Some more of your experience here working in, in production. Um, yeah. So I went to school for it um, in undergrad, went, graduated from Georgia State University, uh, okay. studying film. And um, afterwards, I got a few gigs here and there, day playing as. A PA, I would be on um, some reality TV shows um, like Love and Hip Hop, um, Little Women Atlanta. Um, Those are like the main two that I would really kind of go back and forth on. Um, I did some commercials uh, that get shot here. um, And that was really my leg in the door, just doing some commercials, like different, like, you know, drug commercials for like... Mm -hmm. um, 
like you know, like not, yeah, exactly. Like those types of things. Um, and doing like commercials for different um, networks uh, for like, you know, just different comedy tours and stuff like that, that will be going on. That would be sponsored by stuff like BET, VH1, all those things. Um, yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Commercials actually were a lot of fun just because it's like, it's a two day gig, three day gig. Um, and then you get your money and you run. Um, so I really enjoyed those. Those were a lot of fun. And then I got more into TV, um, which is where I really wanted to be. And so I did work on things like uh, BET's um, American Soul. Um, I did um, I did uh, work on the show. Uh, oh my goodness! Now the name is, too is yeah. Now the name is leaving me all of a sudden. But um, it was on Fox. It was the singing show three girls they were in a girls group um well for anybody out there if you can guess it before Corey tells us you get uh all the points for the day yeah get all the points for the day you 50 <laughs> points to gryffindor because that's right, I, that's right. I right now my brain is really leaving me and i really enjoy that show that's crazy but yeah i did some work on that show um yeah you were on uh, kindred as well you worked on kindred. yeah i worked on kindred um that came on fx i worked on ordinary joe um, I worked on Genius, um, which is probably one of the, not saying that every show isn't fun, but that one was really fun just because of the fact that it's a, um, an anthology series. So each season is different. And so um, the crew was different and all that stuff. And so oh. it was it was really interesting because I was coming on. So technically we came on the third season was when, the season I worked on. Okay. Um, but it was basically like working on the first season because it's a new cast, new crew, new everything for this new season. Um, and so everybody was kind of like learning it and doing it as we went, if you will. Um, but it was it was so much fun. I mean, everybody on that on that cast and on that crew was just so nice, such a family feeling. Um, do you it. prefer do you prefer being on now everybody's crew if you work on a show your crew actors mm -hmm. you know, if you're lifting the boards and hanging the lights or, or reading the lines but do you prefer behind the camera or in front of the camera um i guess it's a mixture of both right okay. so all the work that i have done in front of the camera um in terms of like scripted series this has been background work um being a background actor that's how i got my foot in the door actually before i became a pa um, a production Very assistant cool. for people who don't know. I, so I started off as a background actor, background talent. Um, and I was just talking up to the PAs, talking to the ADs and Never just like, yeah. So I was just talking to them. I was like, this is what I want to do. I went to school for this, you know, and just like really eager. Um, and one of the ADs actually um, gave me a day playing gig. And so I came on, uh, worked under her a couple of times and so that was really cool and then from there um another ad that was on that same set was working on another set and so then they gave me a call um and so i went on and they played with them a couple of times so um that's really kind of like how i got my foot in the door i mean how i made it work and how i did that so i would go and day play um and i was lucky enough that i had a boss because i did have a full-time job because i was mm -hmm. like you know day playing isn't going to pay the bills obviously right. but i had a full-time job and my boss, um, luckily enough, she grew up in L.A. Um, and so she's very used to, like, you know, how the industry is and all that stuff. And so she was very um, flexible and worked with me. Like, if I told her, I was like, hey, I just got a call um, to go in and day play Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, is that cool? Can I do that? And she was like, yeah, let me check. And so then, like, and there was only a couple of times that she told me, like, yeah, no, that won't work. And so I had right. to choose between, you know, the day job or 
like this gig that could possibly turn into a full-time job, but right. wasn't a full-time job, you know? So, but it's um, good to were... have that support system there though. You know, it's, it's, uh, it, it, you're, you're a perfect example of those that, you know, everybody starts at the bottom at some point, right? Some right. rocket faster than others. Some have ins or connections or family business or something like that. But, but for those of us actors, you know, there's the stigma of background, right? I don't want to be BG and it's like a hundred bucks a day or 50 bucks mm-hmm. for this and mm-hmm. I'm not going to be seen and it's a long day, but look at what you took it as. You went in there like, Hey, that's what I got to do. Great. So I'm a little, you know, party goer or a cop guy in the back, right? But you're networking. You started talking to PAs. You started asking the questions and, and I know Corey enough that it wasn't in the annoying fashion because there are BG out there that do, yeah. talk, <laughs> do network. <laughs> But they just you're kind of like, okay, get away from me, kid. Right. Good luck. So so I think you're you're an awesome testament to that of it is real, it is true. He's in Atlanta and 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 made it happen and is continuing to make it happen. So absolutely great example for that. And then having that support system, which which I think is even more important. Um, it is pretty much who you know. I mean, that's the stigma, that's the cliche. Mm-hmm. Stigma, I guess it's a cliche, but it's who you know and what you know. And as awesome as like the production aspect is of Corey's life, it's going to have to be another episode because there's so many questions right now I have in my mind. Um, <laughs> but the big thing I, that Corey's here today for um, in, in a redirection here is, is mental health. It is, it's, and I love the fact that you were able to kind of mention that you had a support system. You had people at a certain point in your life that helped you, you know, rearrange schedules to do things that you want, but it's my understanding that there was a time where you felt like there wasn't like you were kind of lost that you, you kind of had a little, a little, what'd you call it? A turn of the century at 25. Yeah. Thing. You want to explain a little bit of that? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> before turning 25, so after I graduated from college, from undergrad, um, I did not have a job right away. I was, really depressed about that actually um and so i had coined the term postgraduate depression mm-hmm. not knowing that that was a real term right and so I, I was um talking to some of like my mentees and stuff like that that were still in undergrad and they were like you know how are things going and i was like honestly it sucks like this is not fun um and it's not even because of the fact that like the real world is hard like college is hard all the things are hard but it sucks just because I'm not even, I'm not even working. Like we were sold this dream of go to college and then you come out and you're more qualified than everybody else. So now you get a job. And I was like, I'm not even using my degree right now. Like what, what, you know, like what, what was the purpose of me even coming here? What am I doing? So I was really beating myself up hard about that. Um, And yeah, then I got into retail, uh, which is where I was working the full-time job while doing the day playing gigs and all that stuff. But I got in and um, yeah, I just started talking, being a little bit more candid about the fact that like, I, I'm very grateful to have a job, but like, this isn't <laughs> what I want to do. This sucks. Like, I don't feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm 22 years old. I'm 23 years old. I'm 24 years old. Like I'm spending this time uh, working in retail, working in fashion, which I mean, you know that I enjoy getting dressed and I love fashion and all those right. things, but it's, I don't want to make a career of it. Like, you know, that wasn't my goal. My goal wasn't to come here and sell Chanel bags every day. Like that wasn't right. my goal, right? You were making um, the best of what you had, what you, the situation you were in, but it wasn't necessarily what you would have picked. Exactly. And so 
I then um, just got into therapy, um, nothing super intense because I didn't have insurance or anything like that at the time. So I was like, I can't afford $300 a visit. Right. Um, but what I can afford is maybe $350 a month, um, which breaks down to this little app. Um, there's a few of them out there, so I won't name drop or anything like that. But mm-hmm. I did do a, um, a telehealth kind of visit, kind of a therapy-based app. Okay. Um, and so I did that and that just opened up the world to me. I was like, oh my gosh, like here I am able to kind of text my therapist and tell her like, hey, I'm having a tough day today because I'm dealing with, um, anxiety about I'll never leave this retail job. I'll never get out of here. Um, and so that was like the first kind of like aha moment of like not defining yourself based off of your job. She was like, if you want to be a writer, if you want to direct, if you want to act, whatever it is that you want to do in the entertainment industry, you can do that. You don't have to be so reliant on it being a means of income. I know that you would like to make it your main thing and maybe it can become that or maybe it can turn into something a little bit more. But as of right now, like what can you do with what you have? And that's the um, thing is, is, you know, we're so we're so trained and we're so educated when we go to school that the goal is to get a job to make money. Right. A lot of things, especially those of us that are in the arts or entertainment, which is this huge thing that got everybody through COVID and everything else that we turned to Netflix, we turned to movies and TV, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you're not. You, it's hard to break that. Well, I have a water bill. I got electric. I got rent. Exactly. You know, I got to right. eat. So it was, it was very hard to kind of get out of that mindset. And it wasn't right away that it, that, that clicked for me. Right. Because that therapy session was at like 23 mm-hmm. and I didn't start this like major mental health journey that, you know, now until 25. So fast forward two years later, um, and I'm turning 25 and I'm a little bit more like into like the mental health scene, right? I'm, I'm a lot more into it. I'm talking about it very candidly, talking to people. Um, I don't know if you How knew did this. they react? I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but like mm-hmm. it, the stigma, you know, that, which I, now I'm using the word in the right way. The stigma is, you know, people hear mental health and it's just now in 2023 becoming like a, hey, it's okay. But kind of, I'm assuming back in your day, it was that like, you don't want to tell people you're going to see a therapist because then they think you're crazy or you can't handle your stuff or how did people react when you were kind of letting them know or saying, Hey, I got, I got an appointment like, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So my parents didn't even know that I went to therapy. They didn't even know that I had downloaded the app or anything like that. Okay. Um, who I was living with at the time. And so they didn't even know that I was like in therapy when I was in therapy. Um, until I, started talking about it and they're like wait what and I said yeah like I was clinically depressed living in your in you guys's house <laughs> under your roof you didn't um, even know yeah you didn't even know and I mean it's because I was a, a high functioning I had high functioning depression like I could wake up every day I could go to work I could do the motions I could talk I could laugh and do all the things but like I still was not feeling like me I still mm-hmm. was not feeling good um and so from that uh, once I started talking about it a little bit more, my parents got a little bit more intrigued. My brother got really, really intrigued. Um, a lot of my friends who are people that work with me on my nonprofit, a nonprofit was born out of this. Um, but a lot of people that are working with me on my nonprofit are friends that were just kind of amazed um, because I was this person that was all the things in co- in college and stuff like that, right? Like I did I was involved in so many different organizations and clubs and I was, you know, uh, Mr. Popular on campus and everybody knew me and I knew everybody and I was, you know, waving, smiling, happy, all that good stuff. 
Um, so it was just, for a lot of people, it was kind of like a, a 180, if you will, of like, oh, wait. Shell shock. So, yeah, it was like, yeah. wait. like It's it's kind of in that that realm of, you know, the only thing I can relate it to is, is like hearing that Robin Williams was depressed. Yeah. You know, which yeah. is very common with a lot of stand-ups or a lot of comedians because they, they can hide behind their jokes. And you just think mm -hmm. that, well, they tell jokes in the movies and on stage and they go home and tell jokes and they're fun. And as you're attaining, you know, attesting to is the fact that, you know, sometimes that's that's the cover up, you know, right. the I want to come off as normal, but I'm not. And mm -hmm. nowadays, the cool thing is that's OK. Right. And it's so different now. I mean, even from like 25. So I'm 29 now for people that are listening. Um, but so just four years ago at 25, it was just sort of becoming kind of like acceptable to talk about in, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of social media wise and all that stuff but still within the community within like the african-american community community it was still very taboo right um especially right. within my family my family grew up in middle georgia um in a town called millsville georgia anybody that knows anything about millsville georgia is like outside of it being a college town like growing up um the stigma used to be that's where the crazies go um, they had a really big mental hospital, uh, mental institution hospital down there. Um, and so you could, and it was one of the only, one of the few places in the South or one of the few places in the country, from my understanding, I hope I'm not getting those facts wrong, um, that you could, that you could self-admit yourself into. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. And so um, people that felt like they were not okay, people that, you know, just anything like you know people in that were in prison there was a there was a prison portion of the hospital as well so like if you were deemed to have you know any kind of mental mental health issues or mental health challenges uh, while you were imprisoned as well in the state of georgia um sometimes there were people that came from neighboring states that were shipped in okay. um but yeah they would be they would be checked into um central state hospital central state was the hospital and i mean a lot of my family worked there growing up um i have a lot of family that um, is in healthcare, um, and they got their start in healthcare, working for that hospital. Did um, you feel like it was it was even worse because that was there? Did it feel like you had to cover up your feelings or or everything a little bit more because you grew up with you know essentially like this the the crazies around and you didn't yeah. want one of those or no absolutely that was a part of it. I mean, I had cousins that were checked in. To the hospital um and these weren't necessarily cousins that i grew up around knowing but you hear the stories right you know you grow up and you're at the dinner table and you start hearing them talk about cousin this cousin that that's right. all that's in there and you know he just ain't right or something's wrong with her and all this kind of stuff so you know when you're when you have these feelings um that you're feeling of whether it be self-harm um substance abuse which I did have a stint with because my family also has um, a history of alcoholism. And I, I didn't go down the alcohol. I, I didn't, I didn't, I never classified as an alcoholic, but I saw myself going that route, which is why I had to stop. And I had to just, there was a lot of things that I had to check myself on. Um, and it's because of the knowledge of a having family that is checked into the hospital b having family that worked at the hospital c um when you tell people where your family is originally from um people that are born and raised in georgia and when you tell them like oh yeah my family's from milledgeville and they their head cocks to the side and they look at you and, and <laughs> you know they're like oh did you like, catch it type of right <laughs> exactly and it's like okay that's not how it works yeah so um it was all it was it was a lot of things that that factored into me ultimately not really speaking up and saying anything mm -hmm. about it and just kind of like 
taking it upon myself to do it. So um, what what, what triggered it. you? What what took you at, at 23, 24-ish to go and 25-ish as like the culmination? What 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 in you or was there some kind of something you read, something you saw, somebody you talked to, somebody you knew that, that triggered like, I got to stop or I got to, you know, was there a moment that you remember or? Um, so I just remember really being like telling myself just very candidly. Um, I don't know if you're going to have to blank this out or anything like that. But I just remember one morning I woke up and I was like, this shit sucks. Like, that's <laughs> literally what I said out loud to myself talking to God, like, you know, and I was like, I don't know if I can say that, like, or in the middle of my prayer, but I was just like, mm-hmm. this sucks, like, this is how I feel right now, like, it just, I don't feel good, um, I, I'm not happy, I'm not, and I should be, right, I'm home with my mm-hmm. family, I have a roof over my head, I have food on the table, I am working the job, a stable job, I have a car that is functioning, my, all my limbs working, I have breath in my lungs, I'm healthy, my family's healthy, I don't have to worry about, you know, having to pay rent. My parents are nice enough that I can stay here rent free. Like, what am I really sad about? Like, what is there to be sad about, you know? But I was like, but I am. I'm not happy. I don't feel happy. I don't feel comfortable with myself. I am coming home every night. I'm drinking more than I normally would be. I'm not just drinking out in social settings anymore. Um, And every time that I am drinking, I'm drinking to get drunk. Um, Or I'm drinking to, like, just get just get tipsy enough that I can be like, okay, yeah, like today did not suck. Like you right. know, all that stuff. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm noticing all these things. I'm like, this is not who I am. Yeah. And um, so luckily for me, I was able to kind of have that self-talk moment, which a lot of people don't have, but I was lucky enough for me that I, that I was able to have a self-talk moment to say like, you're not okay. You need to seek help. What can you do? Um, yeah. And so, you know, it's just a matter of like getting on Google doing a Google search and like discovering how expensive therapy was and Mm -hmm. how I could not afford that luxury. Um, But then finding one of the, one of the therapy apps and saying, okay, I can't afford this. This is, this is a nice entry level um, to make it, (laughs) to make it. I have to do something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that was, that was kind of my moment. And then once I got more into it, I was like, more people should know about this, especially more people in my community, um, more people that grew up like I did. Um, and it should be something that we can make normal, right? And anyway, normal is subjective, but like it should be something that we should be able to make plain and simple for people to understand. And it doesn't have to be this like large, daunting task. Of start start to accept to it and help the people as opposed to segregating them and saying, you're just you're too messed up to we don't want to deal with you precisely yeah and then that's where the mental health summit corporation my nonprofit, was born was out of that um where actually a year prior so let me back up a little bit um i so after i got like on this high horse of like more people should know about this <laughs> um i was auditioning for a dance company um actually and um, one of one of the guys that was in the audition with me was Mr. Georgia. And so okay. in his opening spiel, as we're giving our opening spiels, each of us goes around talking about who we are, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was giving his spiel about who he is. And he's like, I'm the current reigning Mr. Georgia. And I was like, Mr. Georgia? I was like, what? What is this? Like, okay. I didn't even know there was such thing as male pageantry, blah, blah, blah. So I'm talking to him about it, you know, just intrigued about that, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward um, the next year. Um there was i see the the call to action like the call the open call like we're 
we're looking for men to be a part of the Mr. United States um, pageant competition. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is the thing that that, that, that boy was doing. It's real, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I submitted and got into the pageant and all this stuff, and my platform was mental health. Um, and so that was kind of like where I got on, because I was on this high horse, and I was like, everybody should be knowing about this. And I was like, this is the perfect right. platform. Like, I can come in, I can do this, and I can tell people about mental health and, like, share my story and mm -hmm. all those things. So I was really, really excited. Um, I didn't go on to win that year. Um, but the year after I launched the Mental Health Summit Corporation in 2000 and whatever year that was, 18, 19, um, to, and now here we are um, four years later going on five, that um, is still going. We're putting on events. Um, hosting educational and entertainment um, events. I'm marrying my passion with film um, mm -hmm. production alongside with this. So it's not that I am solely giving, getting out here and having people talk to people in like a classroom setting or anything like that because okay. part, I, want it, I want mental health to be cool, if that makes sense. I don't want it to be... Right, because you, you you think of, you know, a summit, mental health summit, you think of like, okay, I'm going to a conference center, I'm going to sit in a chair right on stage and they're just gonna you know tell their story but how, how is so then you're you're blending then a little bit of the fun and a little bit of the production aspect then yeah so i blend that in and we put on a, a virtual summit basically every year the first year was in person and it was uh very simple it was just a panel discussion that's all i did i was like getting my feet wet let's just see what we can do we hosted a panel discussion um sold out all of my all 75 tickets i was like okay so if i can sell 75 tickets that can go towards fundraising um right. and sending somebody else to therapy at a discounted rate then let's do that um and so that's what we started off with and so we sold out all 75 seats uh, we got some extra donations that were sent in and so we were able to send somebody to therapy at a discounted rate um, and one of the therapists that was on the panel helped us, you know, with the finding, uh, finding a therapist that could do the discounted rate and all that stuff. So I felt so fulfilled after that first year. It was a very successful first year. Um, but then every year after, you know, the year in 2020, the year following, the pandemic mm -hmm. strikes. And we're like, okay, what can we do to put on an event this year? And that's where the, I was like, okay, let me tap into the people that I know. Let's see what can we do, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and so then that's when we were like, oh, well, let's, let's do a live event. Let's do a live taping. And so I'm tapping into my resources, the people that I've met off of these different sets and things. I'm asking them like sound equipment, and video equipment, and right. how can I do this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The, the so we put, yeah. <laughs> and then that's what we did. So we put that on. Right. And, um, dance is a big part of my life as well. It was mm -hmm. one of the saving graces for me. Um, in high school, I started dance pretty late, but dance was a saving grace for me so dance will always have a home at the mental health summit is what i always say awesome. and so we um we had like an opening number that was choreographed and um just to show like all the different various um out outlets that you can okay. have for mm -hmm. you know mental health and maintenance and so we had an opening number that we videotaped and edited and had all that stuff good to go and then we had um spoken word performances and all these things. We had all these different things going on. We had speakers come on and like actually talk and do what they ha have to do. Right. Um, we had a round table discussion. Um, okay. And so it kind of like flowed a little bit like a live taping of like a, we likened it to like an award ceremony or like a church service. 
Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of how we modeled it. So we went in and we watched award shows and we watched church services that do their live tapings. And so we're like, okay, what can we take from this? What can we take from that? Right. And how and can we make it unique for us? Participate a little bit if you want to, but you're yes. not forced to like tell your story and, you know, all that. Exactly. Okay. And so that's kind of where it grew out of. And so now we have that perfect kind of marrying of the production aspect with the in the educational aspect of like here's some things that you may not know um and each year that we do it we learn something new when we're doing these tapings um and so we're really excited for this year's um this year's event it's going to be virtual again we want it to, to okay. be in person um because it'll be our fifth event even though we're four years old but it'll be our fifth event so we're like oh five like you know we're almost we're halfway to ten we're like we got to do something big um but life has happened um as you know um, my personal story you know my grandmother passing not too long ago um being laid off and all these things so life has just sort of like brought a lot of things to a a grinding halt if you will yeah. or at least a, a severe slowdown we went from going yeah. right right so we won't be able to be in person this year um because missed booking dates and all that stuff we are a small team so that is a reality but we're still going to do virtual. Like if there's anything that we have in a sense mastered, it is doing the virtual event. So we're going to do virtual event again this year. Okay. Um, and I'm really excited for it just because it's going to be, we have a lot of great ideas um, that we're getting, getting ready and getting prepared for. Like we're getting casting calls ready um, to start getting more people in that can come in and join us on some of our more fun pieces that we do. Like we have a, a card game, if you will, um, okay. that we do on camera. It's called uh, Biofeedback. Um, and this is where I have people that are like in really close relationships. So like maybe it's you and your loved one, like you and Danelle, or mm -hmm. um, it's you and your, your me and my brother or me and my dad or something like that, right? So mm -hmm. biofeedback, because the actual definition of biofeedback is um, how your body responds when you're in a situation, right? Okay. Um, but then also biofeedback in the sense that it's someone that I'm biologically connected to right. and I'm giving them feedback on my mental health, on my mental health status um, and what it is I feel like. Yeah, yeah. And so we have two people, they sit down across from each other and um, they just answer these questions on these cards. And it's, I mean, the questions kind of go every which way. When okay. was the first time you learned about, you know, what mental health is or mental health awareness and um, how does it feel to be you right now? Like, you know, just all these different kinds of questions okay. um, that we have. And so uh, it's, it's really fun. So that's one of the more fun things. But then we also have like more talk showy kind of things where I kind of get my Oprah on and I'm sitting down on the couch <laughs> with somebody. Bring out the I'm wigs. Talking, yeah, you bring <laughs> out the wigs. Yes. And so I'm sitting down and I'm talking with them and we're just having a cool conversation. It's being a mental health professional, be it a licensed uh, counselor or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, but we're sitting down and we're talking, we're, we're, we're discussing some of the things that are, that we hear, right, on social media, like, last year, the big word was triggered, like, oh, yeah. this triggered me. And I was like, so many people are using this word wrong, like, what can we do to, to, to more combat the, this? Kind of getting that whole facts thing so that it's not, you know, yeah, you know, level yeah. things out so people understand. I mean, I'm going to say, I, I'm going to interrupt you because we're going to say this a couple times, because again, one of the purposes of Curseology is to help promote and connect. So mm -hmm. we want everybody to know about the mental health summit and this virtual event which is august yeah. 27th i will have it in the show notes i will get all you know the, the the clicks and the links and the tickets and the times and all that sort of stuff out to you guys but 
if for some reason you have to go and you stop listening right here, the Mental Health Summit is August 27th, 2023. So just, uh, over, just over a month from now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can check them out also through YouTube, Instagram, and their website. I'll have all of that in the show notes, but I just yeah. want to keep putting out there August 27th, August 27th. Yes, thank you so much for that. Yes, Sunday, Absolutely. August 27th. And to make it even easier for you guys, if you want to keep up with this, our annual event, this is what this is, um, is the fourth Sunday of August every year. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's the fourth Sunday of August every single year. And that also is kind of like something that's near and dear to my heart as well. So August is my birthday month. The Mental Summit Corporation yeah. was born. It was born out of, you know, like some, me wanting to do something more for my birthday. And um, I remember like August also used to be um, Youth Sunday, it used to be Youth Day at my church growing up. Oh. Um, and so the fourth Sunday, August, just kind of was like a, a kind of a nod to that. Um, it was my it was one of my favorite times growing up because we used to have all types of things we used to get up there and dance and step and sing Uh in the choir and it was just like a big like and it was the whole day was put on by the youth plant by the youth like it was it was a thing so it was a lot of fun fourth sunday in the last month right before they kick you back into school exactly (laughs) (laughs) come have some fun exactly so it was a lot of fun and it just gave me something to look forward to and I grew up in the church um obviously and so it was just it it was a lot of fun for me to be able to like go spend time with people that I not only went to school with um so we had fun at at school but we also were able to have fun at church and so um this was me kind of like giving a nod back to that because since graduating and being out of church and all that stuff like things obviously have changed right but I still kind of want to give a little bit of a nod to that and um yeah, and it's only like an hour of your time too. The virtual event oh, okay. is only yeah, it's only an hour. It's not very long at all because I know attention spans and things like that. Even my attention span. Um, that's part partially why I did it that way as well. I was like, I have undiagnosed ADD, so I'm like, I just know for a fact that like after about forty five minutes, I'm done. Like yeah. I, yeah. I'm checking the timestamp. I'm like, how much more do I have left? Right. I can barely I can barely sit still for these two hour long movies now. Um, it's just it's a lot. So I'm like, okay, what can I do? Um, so yeah, it's usually about forty-five minutes to an hour of your time. Um, and if you want more, they can always connect and be like, "Hey, like you know, I want to talk to somebody else," or exactly, or whatever. You could, you could, you can always. You want them craving more. It's that's that's what I'm learning with this podcast too. Is like, okay, what's the magic number? Anywhere between twenty minutes and forty minutes, or if we go longer on something important, like it's so hard. But you can always yeah. leave them wanting more. Always leave them wanting more. That's always what you want to do in life. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, yeah. yeah, that's that's such a good thing. And it's such a that's such a good good cause because again, I mean, I it's so weird because just in the past couple of years, I've started thinking about it. I, mm-hmm. I it's one of those I'm never afraid. I, you know, I don't get embarrassed easily. I'm never afraid to talk about anything as you've learned over the past, you know, nine months and knowing me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's just really weird. I've I've noticed myself where I don't know if I could diagnose it as like a depression or an anxiety or whatever, but I've had those feelings of like, wow, why am I getting all sweaty? Like, mm-hmm. why am I so nervous with something that is just, you know, cooking dinner or something like really easy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so when I start to step back, like it seems like you have, um, you know, you start to assess like, man, yeah, it's well, because getting all these you know rejection letters from looking for jobs or i have this going on in life or i'm stressed out at this this or this and, and i went through a lot too with when i lost my dad in 2019 i mean that you know losing a parent is just like a whole other category of things right and so 
I actually, for the first time went to therapy and, yeah. and it was my wife that was like, it's okay to go. And I'm like, well, yeah, I know. I mean, you know, just talk to somebody else. Cause I'm the one that yeah. closes up, you mm-hmm. know, you, you express yourself. You were able to talk to people and kind of decide on your own. I kind of had to be told because I was like, right. even if I'm paying you, you're not going to want to listen to this. You don't, you didn't know my dad. Like, so I think and it's no. just so important. Yeah, no, and that's something that I tell people all the time, and this was something that I, I was deeply passionate about, even with talking to people that were a little bit more on the religious side of my life, mm-hmm. um, and just letting them know, I think God has given people so many gifts and talents, right? Like, a talent isn't only you being able to dance, or you being able to sing, or you being able to act, or whatever, right. as we typically look at. Mm-hmm. I think God has blessed people with the ability to be able to listen, like, actively listening, and being able to to lend a an open ear, an open heart, an open mind to be able to listen to me, my problems and what I'm going through. And then from there, you being able to synthesize that information, turn it around and help me shift my perspective or help me understand a little bit more about why my perspective may be this way is so impactful. Um, yeah. And like, that's something that I tell people all the time is that there are people that are talented in so many different ways. And you can, you can sit down and you can talk to somebody that is just, even if they're just a good listener, even if you're not going to therapy, right? Right. Still, if you have someone in your life that you know is like just a great listener, ask them if they can just be an open ear. Like you may and, not be looking for solutions, but that helps. And that's perfect. Um, that's how I work. I actually, when I hear myself say things, even if it's the same thing I've said before, and just the, if you hear dingling in the background and some like wind chime, we got like some storm just rolled in, which I can't obviously control. So sorry, sorry to everybody during this will be the least best audio podcast probably, but it's like mega storm blackout here. So um, everything's running on batteries, so I'll be good to go. But um, <laughs> Just so you know, but getting back, I, I'm the type of person when I listen to myself speak, mm-hmm. um, even if I'm in a disagreement with Danelle and I'm hearing myself tell her something, I'll go, ooh, okay. Yeah, I, I actually do believe that because that's the fourth time I've said it. Right. Or, wow, that's how I sound. You know, and I think that's mm-hmm. important too. You know, yeah. talking to somebody is, is them listening, yes, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's also you listening to yourself. Yeah. And that's the that's the beauty of it. There's so many different avenues, just like how there's so many different avenues for us to be able to get into our jobs working in production, right? There's so many different avenues for you to begin for you to be able to enter in um, in a way that is palatable for you with your mental with your own mental health journey, right? Um, and so it's not just this clinical setting of you sitting down talking to a therapist, or whatever. And there's some therapists that are super duper chill. Um, anybody that's gonna go and check out like the stuff that. Um, Chris will link in yeah. um, to the mental health summit. Like you'll see, like I, a lot of the people that I am that I'm working with, they're very relatable. They're very open, very honest individuals, um, and they're not just saying things just to try and sound educated. It's like, no, I already I I went to school for this. Yes, I have the I have the the license right. the licensures or and all that stuff. Whatever I'm I am a licensed professional. However, this has to be put into a way that is consumable for for regular everyday people right um and that's the cool part for me is to see all these different people and how they approach it and Mm -hmm. this is your profession but this is also like your life's work and these are the things that you really care about um and look it up statistics too and it's in somewhere between 80 and 90 percent of people just want to feel heard yeah, you don't have to remember. You don't necessarily have to spit back exactly what Corey just said and be like, oh, "I totally understand" because I went through that at twenty-five too. Odds are you didn't. 
it's just a matter of is feeling like you heard, getting it off your chest. And then if there's something that you need direction to, maybe somebody can give you that direction and be like, hey, this may not help because, hey, you're not married, but, you know, I'm married and this is what we did when, mm-hmm. when da, da, da. And you'd be like, oh, with my boyfriend or girlfriend or, oh, okay, that's not marriage, but I can apply it or I can apply yeah. it to myself. Yeah. When it's I start such a human out. connection. It's, 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 that's yeah. what it is, right? Like we're human beings who crave connection, whether you're an introvert or a, a extrovert or ambivert, whatever, yep. you still crave that human connection, right? In some way, mm-hmm. shape or form. And, and it's, it, it's, it's intrinsic. It's a part of who we are. It's engraved into our DNA and all that stuff. So I think that it's amazing when you're able to find that connection and you're able to talk with somebody a little bit easier about what it is that you're going through. And even like you said earlier about, oh, they don't want to hear, they they don't want to hear about what's going on or what I'm going through with my dad. It's like, no, that's A, what they're paid to do. But then mm-hmm. also B, like that's what they want to do. They got into this because they really want to do it and they really want to help people. They want to see the work. And if you are dealing with a therapist or a, a licensed mental health professional that you feel as though isn't there to help you, guess what? You can change it. You yeah. can absolutely get get somebody else, get somebody that you feel like will be able to better service you and all that stuff. Because there are people that I have spoken with that I have um, talked to after our events even mm-hmm. that are like, um, is there, like, are you, is she accepting clients right now? Because my therapist just isn't doing it for me. Or, or I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I'm so sorry to hear that first and foremost, because right. I feel like everybody's therapist should be the best therapist for them, but it's still a, you're dealing with another human being, right? right? So you may not click with them. Like their way of communicating just may not be your way of com- being able to receive their message. Right. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a whole plethora of things. I don't want it to seem like, you know, it's just like, yes, get into therapy and it's, everything's going to be okay. Like mm-hmm. get into therapy, find some kind of, some kind of, uh, outlet for you even if it's not necessarily therapy there's a lot there's a number of different outlets there's art therapy music therapy dance therapy um there's group therapy where you get into a group setting and Mm -hmm. as a group you guys collectively um share experiences but you also collectively like do practices to work towards things and stuff like that um to work towards healing and um that that was also a really great thing i did a couple of group therapy sessions and that was very new for me and i just I started, but just kind of like getting into stuff just because, I mean, if I'm going to talk about it, I want to know a little bit more about it. Right. And that's a level too. I mean, to do it in front of other people, it's one thing to be, you know, quote unquote, locked in a room with a therapist and, you know, they're not going to talk about outside the doors. Well, neither are the people Mm -hmm. in the group, but yeah, four five, three other people in the room where you're like, okay, well, you're putting yourself out there. Yeah. (laughs) And something that I learned from that was because I went into it thinking it was going to be a little bit more like, you know, like a the televised like AA sessions, right? You know, like right. how we see on TV where it's like, hi, my name is Corey. Uh, my name is Corey. I was once, yeah, I once was depressed. Oh, hi, Corey. I was depressed too or whatever. Like, it's not even like that. It's like, okay, today's focus, Um, there, there is a, there's someone that's leading the group and you're like, today's focus is on um, fighting anxiety, right? And so then as a group, you guys are coming together with, um, you do share, but you're not necessarily sharing like, oh, I have crippling anxiety. You're just kind of like, okay, so when I'm experiencing anxiety, it oftentimes feels like this for me. And then the group is like, okay, that makes sense. And then the therapist walks through and who else has felt like this and all this other kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And so then you guys kind of like work together. And it's it's so magical to me because it's it's truly community. Well, um, and you're hearing and, somebody else, you know, say something that maybe you went through. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same thing. Again, I could tell Danelle, like, 
you got this and you know you've studied enough enough for this test or whatever but and she'll believe me but be like oh, i still don't know but then somebody else will tell the exact same thing i just said but she believes them you know yeah. so it's that same concept of you know if somebody else you hear your voice in someone else and you go okay i'm not right alone. i'm not the exactly. only one you know because you're not so many to begin with first of all exactly all of this is okay direct to camera everything it is okay please talk please find the help whether it's one person two person whether it's me Corey. check out the summit on august 27th yes. post everything if if not it's only an hour of your time that's like sitting in your car that's not even all of the traffic in atlanta so <laughs> you, you <can laughs> not afford. at all so please check out the summit on, on the, yes. august 27th it's going to be such a big help um, for a lot of people. And I mean, we're going to be able to to bring just a new way of viewing mental health. That's that's always what it is for me. And our, our tagline is get the knowledge, get the help, free your mind. Um, and so it's one of those things of like, if we, if we can start you off building a good foundation and then we can get you some help. And then from there, you're able to free your mind. You're able to get, find some kind of way for you to put these things to practice for you to to find an outlet even or something like that, then we've done our job, right? Is yes. at the very at the very basic level, we've been able to do our job of like help you out. And I I, I want people to feel heard. I want people to feel seen. Um, and like no matter how you interact with us or how, where you come in contact with us, be it YouTube, Instagram. Um, on the website even yeah on the website even or if it's just you you come in contact with me in person i wanted it to always feel like a safe space um and that's one of my goals is to always be not only be a, a be a person that is a human at heart but also to be a safe space for people um live what and, you live what you say you know yeah yeah talk and that's and exactly it yes i'm all about congruency and that's that's the biggest thing for me it's like okay if i'm going to be doing this work like this is not only just like me saying like oh yeah mental health is important to me no like it truly is important to me i'm in i'm emboldened and i'm impassioned by it um and i want it to feel like you can come and you can talk to me if you have a conversation with me in the grocery store and you have a conversation with me at the event you're meeting the same person yeah, yeah. you know um, and that's that's a big part of it. And I, I talk about that with the staff and everybody all the time. About and I love that it making sure that we do something that. you actually experienced. Because it, it wouldn't be bad if you just had an interest in like mental health and you became a psychiatrist or something. Um, you know, that's all good too. I'm not not belittling any of that. But I, mm -hmm. I think there's something to be said in you were moved because of what you went through to to do this and said, Hey, not only do I want to help myself because i'm going through some stuff here but i want to help others like how can i do that and that's such a huge step and on behalf of everybody that you know has gone to the summits or has you know seen them so far in the past you know four times um thank you you know thank you for doing that thank you for doing this one on the 27th you know to have it out there to have an outlet for people to check out you know yeah. um because you you've had your journey you, you you've you've walked things and you've learned which, uh, mm -hmm. which is a big thing. I do want to get back to, to Corey, you, with our Tales here, right? Mm -hmm. So Tales is a test adventures, lessons, entertainment, and successes. So what, if it is what you've already talked about, that's, that's awesome too. But is there a specific test that you remember that has challenged you in life? Like specifically, was there, you know, uh, 
you know, a loss or, or, or something that you went through specifically? Um, I think uh, this is very recently that I was talking about this with one of my close friends. Mm-hmm. Um, a test of mine that I didn't realize was such a huge test for me was, um, was coming out to my family. Okay. Wow. So, yeah. so that I didn't, I didn't realize how big of a test it was, how big of a challenge it was for me um, mentally, right? Because I had by the time I came out to my family, I came out very, very late. But I was essentially living uh, as an out gay man, right, in the mm-hmm. world and all the things I was. But I just hadn't said anything to my immediate family, and um, I had come to the realization that I I one day want to be married. I one day want to, you know, I have a life partner and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I want to adopt these little kids and, you know, that, that don't have their biological parents in their life or whatever. And I want to do the things. I want to do something with my life, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I was just like, um, sir, how are you going to do this if you haven't even confirmed for your parents? <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, you can't just bring somebody home and be like, hey, by the way, this is going to be the hubby. And in two know. weeks, we, yeah, and in two weeks we have, two little kids that we're going to go pick up and we're going to adopt and these are going to be our kids for all intents and purposes, you know, all these things. And I was like, okay, like, let's just not even go down that path. Right. And right. so I was like, okay, I have to do this. Um, and that was like a really, really big challenge. Um, although I did it in a very casual way, I, I didn't make it a big, super big, huge deal. I just came home one day. I was like, Hey everybody, like, let's just, let's sit down real quick. Family meeting. <laughs> yeah. You know, like really quickly, let's just have a chat. Let's have a chit chat. Um, but in that moment, I, as I was telling them, like, I was preparing to say the words, my mouth got so dry and I was just like, so nervous. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing? Um, and then, as you know, know from working with me and knowing me now, um, obviously everything's okay. But at the moment I was just so worried. I was so scared. I was, I didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, everything turned out to be okay for me, but. I mean, I kind of was beating myself up because it was like, why did it take you so long to say something aloud to your family? Um, what was it and all the things? And just from talking with my therapist and letting her know like, hey, this is what I'm about to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is how I feel about it. And I'm doing it at this moment in time because of X, Y, Z. And she was like, go for it. You know, like all, you're, doing it for, you're doing it for all the right reasons because you're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it for them. You're not doing it to try and seek any validation from me because that was a thing. Like I had come to terms with the fact that, like, no matter what, like this wasn't going away, right? It's still you. Um, it's all right. It's still me, and yeah. it's something that I have fought, and I, that's a whole another episode in and of itself as well. Yeah. Going through the whole growing up a, a little gay boy, right. um, trying not to be gay and all that stuff. Um, Bible Belt South, it's it's a thing, but yeah. um, but still, like growing up and all that stuff. So it. it once I had come to terms and I was doing everything for myself and not for them, um, that's when the the dynamic shifted and I didn't feel like it didn't matter whether they accepted that part of me or not. It was just the fact that I was letting them know so that way right. it wouldn't be, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing you a service by letting you know, but I'm letting you know for my own sake so that I can say, like, once these things start to progress and start to happen for me in my life, whether you're on board or not, it's happening. And that's, that's super important because it, it is about you. You know, it is, it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the key to me. I mean, and it's hard because I, I don't, I don't know how I feel because obviously that's not, a, that's, 
not a, I, I can't relate. <laughs> so right. I'm, I'm at a loss for words because I'm, I'm very sympathetic, empathetic, but to the point of I can't relate. So right. I, I feel all the things for you because, but <laughs> not exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you, you know, you being an actor and things like that, like you've been around so many different members of the LGBTQ plus community that like right. that's that's part of like where that compassion comes from, right? Because I mean, oftentimes we get into the arts and things like that as a means of release and as a means of, yeah. of acceptance because everybody, there's a saying like for the theater kids and all that stuff, like everybody's a weirdo, you know, like we're all weirdos. So yeah, it's one I was, of those I was things where- nerd. I had no girl <laughs> senior year of high school. Like I, I got straight A's and nobody wanted to talk to me. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, you know, you, you see, it's like, and we're all just so accepting of each other. It doesn't matter yep. who you like or who you love or anything like that. It's just like, we all really love putting on this performance we all really love making sure that like when it's showtime it's showtime right, right. so yep. that's where that's where we come together and that's the community aspect of of working in tv and film and theater and, and doing the performing arts um yep. dance even like i love that's the reason why dance has such a, a huge place in my heart because i found that like i didn't necessarily have to speak with my words although i'm pretty there. Yeah, although I'm pretty good with my words, I didn't have to speak with my words. I could speak with my body. I could let I could let the movements, I could let the music, I could let what you're visually taking in move you, and I could tell you much more through you know the pirouettes and the plies and the leaps and the the grand jeans and all this stuff. I could tell you much more through all that than yeah. I could ever say with my words. And so that was the reason why I really just attached myself to dance and to it. the performing arts. I love it. What what would you consider an, an adventure then? Would you think the the whole Mr. Georgia thing was was a one of your bigger adventures or? Oh yeah, Mr. So Mr. United States was definitely a big adventure. So after the first time not getting it, um, as you know, I I, I don't give up easily, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. so I actually went back and I won the whole thing in the middle of the pandemic, actually in twenty twenty. Um, and so I went back and I was like, you have to prove to yourself that you can, that you can do this. It's not about, um, even if I just made it uh, one step further than I did the last time, at least I made it a step further. Right. And I was like, uh, and this time around, I don't know. I was just, I was so impassioned. Um, and I felt very like, I felt very, um, what's the word? I guess safe in the fact that it was a virtual pageant. And mm-hmm. at the same time, we were planning everything that we were doing for the mental health summit. At the same time, I was planning right. out what I was going to do for the pageant. So since it was virtual, I was like, oh, well, if you're going to do all this production value for the mental health summit, um, and that's going to culminate into you're what like the you're going to of it now. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you're, that's, that's the culmination of what you're going to do for, this is obviously your platform work. It's a culmination of what you're going to do for your platform and for the, the, for the pageant. So mm-hmm your you can't put on this great production for the mental health summit and then your platform work not match right so it was just like it, it all just kind of rolled itself into one big just big 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 package um if you will so that was a really big adventure um what about a lesson me, what you you've, you've i mean you've talked about so many lessons but is there one that really stands out that, that you would take you know all the things you've been through as to if you were to give advice i guess would be kind of you know like a like a one-liner lesson like my one-liner lesson um this was actually learned uh upon being laid off with the writer strike and everything is Mm -hmm. that um 
and I, I think I mentioned it earlier in the recording too, uh, that you're not your job, you're not your occupation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like yeah. I, so often, I think, especially for men, I don't know, I, I, I can only speak from a man's place as a man, mm-hmm. but oftentimes I've noticed, even when I'm talking to other guys, um, that when we're like, you know, hey, yeah, so how are you, blah, 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 what do you do? Like, that's the first thing that, that comes out of our mouth when yeah, we it's introduce all about ourselves to somebody. Yep. Yeah. And, and so it's and, <laughs> it. exactly. It's like, what do you do? Like, oh, hey, you know, I want to introduce you to my, to my good friend, Chris, here. And then, you know, the, my my mutual friend shakes your hand and they're like, oh, hey, Chris, nice to meet you. What do you do? So I'm like, oh, my God. Their, their eyes go down. They're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, OK, why is that the first question out of your mouth? Not like, oh, hey, nice to meet you, Chris. How are you? You know, <laughs> like we're, we're asking, what do you do? Right. Um, and so it's it's pretty internalized. And so that was like the big thing for me is like, I'm not my job. So as I pivot, as anybody that's listening, as you pivot or you may not be in your dream career field or anything like that, understand that like you're not your job. You're not your occupation. Mm-hmm. You're so much more than that. You're a sum of so many other things. You know, you're a brother, you're a son, you're an uncle, you're a nephew, you're a grandson, you're a granddaughter, you know, all the yeah. female equivalents of those. Um, you're, you know, you're all those things, um, and, or a mother or a father, whatever. Right. You're, you're so much more. You're just, even if you just go there, but like, if you write music, if you write books, if you design clothes, if you are a, um, I don't know, if you love cleaning, like anything, there's so many other things that you are besides just your occupation, what you do to make money, to keep the lights on, a roof over your head and food on your table. Um, You're so many other things and everybody is multifaceted. So I like to think of myself as a gemstone. And once, you know, you get that ruby, that sapphire, that emerald, that diamond, uh, once you get that nice and polished and it's all, you know, it's all cut and you see all these different light reflections and things that are going on in it like every single refraction every single piece of light that like reflects off of you is who you are so every facet of who you are you want to make sure that like as that light shines back out into the world that people are able to see so even if they are meeting dancer Corey, they're meeting a very authentic dancer Corey. but Mm -hmm. if they meet mental health Corey, they're meeting mental health Corey. if they meet uh writer producer Corey, they're meeting you know like all these different things that i am all these different reflect reflections that they are all still very bright. They shine and they're true. But they're all still part of that one gem. So that's that one gem. Still that personality, the charisma, the character that you have that's that's so relatable and likable. It can go through dance. It can go through writing. It can, can go through those things because it's still part of that one gem, that one ruby, that one you know sapphire or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. What about entertainment? What entertains Corey Sands? Um. Okay, there's a number of things that entertain Corey Sams. Um, <laughs> what I have I, to do this, and it's it's an inside joke. I'm really not going to explain it just because it's kind of funny, but it's going to be funny hopefully to Corey. <laughs> what does Corey find interesting? <laughs> I waited for it. I knew it was coming. <laughs> um, yeah, what does I find interesting? I oh man, uh, lately I have rediscovered my love for reading. Um, during oh, this dude. downtime, yeah, during this downtime, I have rediscovered my love for reading. I've read like three books in like the past like week and a half, and it's insane because I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't done this since high school. Reading uh, like a number of books within like uh, two weeks time span, all that stuff like that. That's the yeah. crazy stuff I used to do back then. I used to stay up late, like the way we binge watch movies and TV shows and stuff uh-huh. now, like up until like three a.m. I used to do that in high school. Like my mom used to come home from work because my mom comes home. She comes home really late. She works twelve hour shifts um, oh, okay. yep. in the in the operating room at the hospital. And so she would come home. She gets home at like 
12 o'clock midnight or sometimes even a little after midnight, like 1230. And the light will be on in my room and she'll come in the door. And she's like, why are you still up? And I'll be like pages deep, like into a book, just so into uh-huh. it. Um, and I've recently been doing that again lately because I don't have anything to do besides wake up and apply to jobs. So yeah. I've been like reading books at night and I'm like, look up at the time and it's lost and it's like 3 a.m. I'm like, okay, go to sleep. But um, yeah, that's, that's been what's really been entertaining me lately is reading um, a good book. And it's not like the self-help books or anything like this. Like this is full blown like fiction novels, yeah. like, you know, just getting lost in a whole nother world. Um, I, I've really been enjoying that. And I've been enjoying um, something else that has been keeping me entertained is learning um like some graphic design stuff or whatever i've been playing with my ipad um and i downloaded uh i downloaded procreate and i've been like figuring out how to draw and do like these kind of like graphic design drawings and all that stuff okay that's a lot of fun because i i can draw i'm not a drawer um Mm -hmm. i'm not an artiste uh of that sort but it's it's still fun just kind of like but like a hobby doing that something. can be used in in your profession as well yeah exactly hire somebody kind of like the whole thing if it, they won't get you do it yourself you know exactly what about so the hardest part i don't even want to ask you for the s like i just want to be like there's there's Corey's tail um because <laughs> i feel like you just the whole 62 minutes so far <laughs> which we'll wrap it oh, up wow. in a second um at post-production will be fun um but I'd rather talk forever and, and have all the things and, and have it, it, it was such an important discussion, which yeah. all of it has been successes in my mind, looking upon what you have talked about, looking upon your life. There's so many successes, mm-hmm. but because it is your tales, is there one that is, that is a success? What is, I kind of, I, I did this with another guest, which I think is funny. I want to be like a reporter, like all the political reporters mm-hmm. for just one second and go. So <laughs> what, what is your definition of, of success? And um, of the things you talked about, what is the most successful? Mm. And I can't think of a third, but they always add like the, oh, I just have one question. And, and, and. Yes, so yeah. my two questions would be, what is your definition of success? And is there something other than what you've talked about today with us that is the most successful in your consideration? Okay, I'm going to try and keep this brief but also very like <laughs> you've, you've got the floor very full very full at the same time so um my definition of success is learning um that's my definition of success and I get that from my father he's he's big on education and um no matter what you do if you learn something from it whether it be even even in moments of triumph right there's still a takeaway there's still something to to learn and grow from it so for me, success is learning and growing um, and um, just kind of like remaining humble within those within those moments, right? Even if it is a true success by definition of whatever you're doing, right? Like if you're playing a sports game and you won the game, right? Technically, you succeeded, you won. Right. Um, but what is a takeaway, right? Like what are things that could have been improved upon? What are things that you learned from that? Like in that moment when you were dribbling the basketball and you came down the court and these people are putting pressure on your right side constantly and you're not the strongest left dribbler, but you knew that you had to go switch to your left side in order to be able to make that layup or whatever the case may be, right? You learned something in that moment, which was, I am a little bit more confident in my left side than I, than I normally am. And I was able to successfully complete a layup in that moment and get my team two more points. Mm-hmm. So I can do it. It's even if you, even I, if you lost the game, like the goal, it, the success of the game is to win, but if you lost, right. you'll learn 
how to dribble on your left or exactly your or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And that's where I take that definition of success from is from that, because there has been moments where when I was in the game and I, we did lose, but I learned like, Oh, I can go to the left side. Like I am actually stronger on that side than I thought I was. Let's go home and let's practice. Let's learn how to do that even more. So now you can be, like better on on the field and you can be better on the court and you can go out there and you can really do the things and you can be everything everywhere all at once dot 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 you know whatever that right right. whatever you can do so you can do that um but yeah that's my definition of success is just learning and growing and remaining humble in that learn learning and growth um and then um something another success story or one that was talked about today Aside from the mental health summit really being its own kind of success story, I think um, it, it, it mirrors so much of my own personal journey because I am so personally tied to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a success story of mine is just kind of... Uh, I mean, you're, right to now. me, it's your life. You've, you've, yeah, you've I mean, gone through... I mean, we all go through so much and such a different thing, but just hearing all the stories and getting to know you over the past, you know, almost year... Yeah. Uh, it's just a success of like, okay, I didn't get this, but I was a success because I did this. You know, um, I know when I first met you, you're, you wanted to work for, for the big company that we worked for and, and you mm-hmm. did, you finally got, right. you know, got there. You, and, and same thing with, you know, personal stuff, you, you've, you've tried to do things and, and, and set goals for whether, you know, looking for a place to live or doing these things where you're getting there and it's like, okay, well, here's some obstacles, like you said earlier, mm-hmm. but you adjust you know, you yeah. don't plan to lose family members. You don't plan to have bad days. You don't plan to lose your job. I mean, I moved to Georgia because of this job. I didn't think right. I'd come here if it was like, oh, you're going to be let go in six months. But you yeah. just, and look at where we're at. So that's, that's think, my success for you. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and I received that. Like, I, I think that's so beautiful because it's, it's hard sometimes for you to, to take that from other people, right? Because you don't see it, right? Uh, when you're in the middle of it, when you're in the thick of it, you're not seeing all the beauty and splendor that's around you sometimes. You're only seeing the weeds. Um, and you're not seeing the beauty in the weeds, right? Um, but you're just kind of like, uh, I'm in the weeds right now. I'm not, I'm not in the wildflowers. I'm not in right. the I'm not in the the or even if you are in the rose bush, all you're seeing is a thorn. Yep. I think that's even better. Uh, even better metaphor. Like, you know, when you, everybody else is like, Oh my gosh, she's surrounded by beautiful roses, but you're like, No, I'm in the middle of the rose bush. Like I'm in the thorns right now. Like this is uncomfortable, it hurts. Right. Um so it, it's hard. Um, so I do. I receive that. I love that. Thank you so much. Um, really, that that truly just kind of like put a, a huge smile <laughs> on my face. I was, I was sitting. I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't, I not didn't my want life to take away from 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 yeah. your, your 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 story. But I just feel like there's so much. I, I I hear your your struggle to find something is, and I'm kind of like, well, to me, it's easy. It's right there. It's it's all these things that you've you've been through and can accomplish. And and yeah, I mean, that's something to definitely be proud of. I mean. I, like I said, we've, we've only known each other. We're coming up on a year soon here yeah, or so. And, and, uh, and, and it's, it's such a different connection. Like that's why I wanted to do this podcast and I'm doing this podcast is because of connection, you mm-hmm. know, and I, and I love that we've connected over the year. Yeah. We had a, a forced thing. We were at the same job. So we were forced to, you know, each other every day, but we're no longer <laughs> together yeah. for our job and we're still connecting. But and I think I, that's, for me, that 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 really matters a lot to me, right? Um, that was something that I'll actually I will count that as a success. Um, and I'll tell you why. 
because typically when I am working a job, I keep the job at the job and my personal life as personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really like it. You wouldn't know because you didn't see it, but usually I'm very, I'm very on the job and I'm like, I'm into it. Right. I mean, and I was into it. Like you saw yeah, me okay. like when I'm on the job, I'm on the job. Right. Like I was there, right. I, we were doing the work. I was making sure that like everything was handled, keeping everything organized and afloat, all that yeah, stuff. So that was, <laughs> I, I was, I was very into that part of it. Like that's who I am to the core, but also being able to just connect with you guys on a personal level um, at the job. That was the first time that I've done that. Um, and actually, you know, let you guys in on my personal life and tell you what's going on. And, oh, like, this is going on with my grandmother. This is going on with my sister-in-law. My mm-hmm. mom is, you know, handling this. So, like, letting you guys in on the personal life, normally I would not do that. Normally I would just come to work and I would get work done. And then once we're done and we're and they say that's a wrap for the day, I'm like, all right, yeah. you guys, thank you so much for a beautiful day. I'll see you tomorrow. And, yep. you know, like, that would be that would be the end of it. Um, right. But here, I was like, oh, my gosh, can't wait to see you guys tomorrow. Have a good night. Sleep well, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was so different. Um, and that I did count that as a success for me because that was one of my goals for myself was to, um, to if, if I was brought to good people, to treat them as good people and to love on them genuinely and authentically. Everybody's not out to get you um, because, right. you know, working in this industry – you know, there are some people that are just very much so. You got to have a filter. For, yeah, you got, you definitely still have to have a filter. At work, yeah. I the way I talked to you outside of work was very different from the way we we spoke with each other at, right. at work. Um, right. You know, and we, we made note of that before and we were laughed about it. Um, but, yeah, it was that that was a, I think that would be a success for me, being able to t- walk away from a job um, and have new friends. Mm-hmm. Um, is is very meaningful. It's very impactful. I still keep in touch with some of the other people that we worked with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just like a oh hey, just want to check and see how you're doing. It's like hey, how did this go in your life? Like I, you last time we talked, you mentioned this blah blah blah. Like how is right. this going? How did it happen? You know how how's your girlfriend? How's your boyfriend? How's this? Right. How's mom? How's dad? Well, and, like, that, and that's that genuine you know connection and care. Like I mean, that every time I talk to you, yeah, there were days I come in and I'd be just like, okay, how you doing? Okay, good, great. I heard your answer, but I couldn't tell you what you said. But mm-hmm. most of the time, it wasn't like that. It was like, hey, I'm specifically asking about this, this, and this. I'm praying for you for this. I, you, A month ago, you said this. Did that ever work out? Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. Know, it's it's mm-hmm. that actual, like that active listening. It's, it's, you right. know, it's that actual true care. So, um, yeah, I appreciate it. It was, it was definitely, it def- definitely felt reciprocated as well. So, and I, I, I look forward to us keeping in touch. Yes. I definitely want to thank you so much for your time because we could go forever. Yes. Um, and I know you have some, <laughs> some big, uh, big week coming up and, and everything. So I do want to absolutely sincerely direct to the camera lens. Thank you, Corey, for your valuable time. Um, and everyone, please, please, please. I will put it in the show notes. We will do all the promotion that we can. Um, we're going to put this out. This should be, you should be listening to this right now and it should be August 1st so that you have the whole month. You have 26 days from that to get your tickets, find the information, everything that I'll post, but August 27th, the mental health summit with Corey Sams and crew, since I don't know anybody else, I'm just going to and crew, um, but check the mental health summit, YouTube, Instagram, as Corey also says, all the things, um, <laughs> August 27th, August 27th, August 27th. Corey Sams, I love you, man. I miss you. 
we need to get together sometime soon physically to yes. to chat and 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 do some more catch up so yes absolutely thank you so much you couldn't see it i was over here on my end i was pumping my fist every time that you were talking the whole time i was like this is just it's amazing <laughs> thank you so much for the time um, thank you for even thinking of me. I told you that before we first reached out, but still, I want to let it be known. Like, thank you for thinking of me. Absolutely. It means the world, and I too love you. And I can't wait to see you and and catch up and do everything that we. And we will we have last. you back. We will talk uh, entertainment. We will talk Atlanta. We will talk all the other things. <laughs> but I think yes. it's definitely important to talk about uh, mental health. Um, and yes, so thank you for your time, everybody out there. Again, August twenty seventh, YouTube, Instagram the Mental Health Summit, and please take care of yourselves, take care of each other. I will see you and you will hear me next time. Corey, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm.